welcome to a very special edition of the Talking Talky podcast. Um, this evening, I'm joined by Nick French. Good evening. A young lad called Step Hen Dixon. That's Stephen Dixon to you, Sam. Stephen Thanks Dixon. for having me on. Yeah, back. Uh, and a bit of a talky legend, uh, Mr. Paul Buckle. Good evening, guys. Uh, Paul, thanks, thanks for joining us. Um, it's, it's great to have you on. Um, I'm going to get straight in there and ask, why Torquay? With no players, just been relegated, club on its knees. It, it can't have been a very kind of gloss, <laughs> glossy advert. <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, I suppose the first thing was I'd played for the club, you know, way back. And really enjoyed that time. I mean, that's, I don't speak too much about that time under Don O'Riordan, but it really was a special time. We had a great side. Don was a brilliant manager. And I fell in love with Torquay. You know, I was obviously living in the area. I knew the conference very, very well from working with, you know, Alex, Alex Singlethorpe and Paul Tisdale, Exeter. And yeah, I'd just come off the back of a, a playoff final defeat with Exeter. But, um, yeah, I suppose I was ready as well. In answer to your question, I felt I was ready. Colin Lee came around, knocked on the door, asked me the question. Um, obviously, there'd, there'd been some, you know, it's almost been the circus prior to that, you know, with Leroy and stuff, which was such a shame um, with a club legend like Leroy. So, yeah, I had to think about a few things, but ultimately I really did feel ready and, and well-equipped once I'd spoken to Colin and the consortium that, we would have a, a chance, of which you know, of getting the club back into the football league, which, as everybody knows, is uh, is a very difficult task. Did you um? Uh, had you always like had an eye on management? Because obviously, I know you were an assistant to to Tiz at Exeter, but were, were you always kind of looking at that top job and and seeing what would come up? I actually wasn't. No, never. And that's the gospel truth because when I speak to coaches now, and I think I've said before on on podcasts, I didn't. I used to take day-to-day, I really did. And I loved coaching, I loved developing. And Exeter gave me that opportunity to do that and actually didn't want to take the role with Alex as assistant manager because I knew the challenges that came with the professional game. I'd been in it a long time as a player, 20 years. And I really enjoyed the development side of the game. So no, I wasn't looking at all. And it was a complete surprise when the phone rang. But that's... a uh, I suppose that's a, a thing where, as, as a person, you don't really know always what you want until uh, the question's asked. And Colin, had he'd watched, Colin had come and watched some games at Exeter and he knew me from, from being an apprentice at Brentford back in the day where he was a, a top influence on all of us and a, a great coach. And I had, I had faith in him. You know, he joined uh, with the consortium and um, so that gave me that gave me a lot of, hope that we could do something but no I hadn't I didn't give it any thought but I probably did have the leadership skills now you know reflecting to go and lead uh in a in a in a division that I knew I knew very well so where did you when you first when you first came into the job where did you want to start what was the obviously you I think you had what four or five players signed on that, that had stayed on from the promotion side of some the relegation side um where where did you come in and think I've got to get working straight away on this that the other? <laughs> yeah, you've. Uh, I'm going to lean on you all to sort of jog my memory because it's quite a while ago now. But I remember walking up 
uh, behind the goal at the home end and looking out of the window at Playmore. And I always uh, remembered the, the pitch being beautiful. You know, when I played and uh, played there, always a great part of Playmore was, was the pitch. And it was, uh, it was like a cornfield, literally. Because there was nobody, we had, we had nobody, we had no staff. I think we had four players. So I was like, where's the groundsman? They're like, oh no, you know, we've got to appoint a groundsman for, we've got to, you know, we've got to start from scratch. So when I saw that, it really was a pride thing. You know, I knew that we had a big job on, but I was, I was younger, let's say young. I was, I was young, I was enthusiastic and I'm a doer. I, I really am. So we got to work with that. We started, I started to clean the place up. That's for sure. Uh, wanted to look at the, the training facility, wanted to look at everything and make everything the very best it could be. And I, I remember, you know, us painting with the, uh, with the fans that come in and because and, I, I wanted to bring the gloss back to the club. It was obvious that it had gotten tired and um, my job was to make that as appealing as I could, and a, a great working environment. So that's where we started. And then, of course, signing of the players, which, again, I would much rather prefer, if I'm honest, in terms of I see now when I look back that an opportunity to bring in players that would reflect us at the club, reflect Torquay, uh, be all in, coming to live in Devon. The majority were moving. So that was a real great part. But the, the, the very first bit, I suppose, on, on recruitment was the likes of, I think it was, I think it was um, Mance thought. The, the striker yeah. we moved on um remind me of the keeper so, um oh simon uh, rayner had been on loan we right yeah. simon yes simon um so yeah i had to speak to, to those guys i think hockers maybe had gone and but i wanted hockley back you know uh kevin uh stevie woods there was a few things you know i don't know if the lads have been released or brought back but the strength from Mansell when I had Mansell in the office really gave me a lift because Mansell, you know, he come up in the office and um, he had tears in his eyes big time and, and uh, he was really hurt by what had gone on and, and being relegated. And he was uh, hell-bent on not only staying, but getting Torquay back into the Football League. So that gave me a huge lift. And of course, Mansell went on to be a brilliant player, not only for me, but for the club. Um, great servant and yeah so we we <clears throat> I spoke with Woodsy I spoke with the the, the boys that had, that had been there and told them what the vision was and then after that because I thought that was the right thing to do we then went went all out um, in what was a short period of time to go and put a team together who because so, you brought in some like I mean at the time names that some of us kind of didn't really recognize but obviously some really experienced at that level of non-league players was there anyone that you kind of went all out for thinking that's how I want to build a team around and I suppose a follow-up question you took a few players from Exeter um mm. were they kind of quite keen on just just buying into the project or did you have to really kind of sell the idea of leaving what obviously at the time probably quite an established club like Exeter to a new project yeah, um, good question. I was um, very aware of the perception with players I was talking to and agents that they, they wasn't quite sure about Torquay. You know, they wasn't quite sure where it was. So I had to win them over with that first. Um, 
I think you always have to pay a little bit more when you're in Devon. You do. Although, you know, I was very aware of the budget as the years went through. You know, that was really important to me. An important part of the job was to make sure the club always came first. You know, you saw us sell a lot of players as well. Um, but no, I, I, I went off the players at Exeter. I mean, I can actually see now why Steve and Paul and are a little bit angry with me. But my focus was, you know, I was just tunnel vision. It was, it was, I want to win. I want to get a, a great team. Um, I want to get promoted. And I think when I signed players like Phillips and uh, Toddy, and you start to really have something to build from because they're winners, you know, they're aggressive in their approach. I'd work with them. I just tested the water. I thought, why not with Exeter? Test the water. You know, I felt they might have to do something a bit different because, you know, they're still in the conference. So I tested the water with, with those players and ended up getting, I went all out to get them. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't give in. I, I, I wouldn't take no for an answer in a lot of situations. And I think that's why we got the team we got. And I think the first year was a good year. I know it finished a disappointment, but I tell you what, I wouldn't, if I had to go into management again, I wouldn't mind that team again. I wouldn't mind that that first year because we had some fantastic games and that <clears throat> that really was when I look at somebody like Todd I mean all of them are agrees we can go on to you had to have them skill sets that they had first and foremost in any game of football in my opinion but certainly in the conference when you're trying to get get out of it the fighting qualities first and foremost so that's what I went for and then the front line of Zabrowski Phillips and Sills and Sills was a gamble because he hadn't done so well at Hereford and the board were questioning me on that one but um, after getting Tim down and speaking with him and his wife and I felt I could I could get the best out of him what 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 met because obviously Sills is a huge part of, of uh, those few seasons at Torquay like why why um why did you feel like you had a punt in him? Because as you said, there, he had a he'd had a couple. Of, I think he'd scored goals in in a couple seasons beforehand, but then he he really kind of dried up in terms of goals um, before he joined. What what mm. what about that kind of meeting with him that you were like, okay, yeah, uh, he's got something here. I just need to eke it out of him. Well, yeah, he had done it before. You see, so he'd done very well at Aldershot, um, mm. and um, I knew I knew the staff there. And so I'd done my homework where that was concerned. And then it was about finding out probably why it's failed or deemed to have failed. And that was made evident. I mean, not only by Tim, but by his wife as well, which was great because that's always a bonus having the family with them because they tell you everything, actually. Um, you know, the players were like, well, why the family? Why my wife? Why is, well, just want to say hello to them, really. And then, of course, I didn't. I was interviewing them because <clears throat> they would tell me everything. And... Um, that was a brilliant conversation because I, I wanted to have a focal point in the team. I, want, I felt we needed a big man up there. But Silsey was more than that. Tim, Tim had a good touch. Tim could bring people into play and he could certainly finish all types of goals. We, we, we were going to get crosses in. We were going to make it difficult for the opposition. And after speaking with Silsey, I was left in no doubt. I mean, he had other offers, um, but in no doubt that I could get the best out of him. And it was... Basically, you know, you talk about, you know, arm around a player or <clears throat> whatever it is. And sometimes the, the big ones, you know, even Branston, uh, they need an arm around them. They need to be told how good they are. 
And I, I could do that. I could do that with Silsey because he was, you know, was a, a fantastic person. Um, great at, you know, like what, what I worked on was, you know, how do you see your game? You know, what have we got to do to get the best out of you? So it was obvious. Get the ball into him, get it wide, and then let him get in the box. Phillips would run off him. Phillips was more the channels, okay, like Zabrowski. He wouldn't, you know, so say to the players, don't give it to Zeb's feet. Crying out loud, put it over, put it over the top for him. Um, but that was the idea. That was the that was the model, and I knew that that, that defenses wouldn't like to play against that, and it, it was proved right. So, so during that player recruitment, who did you feel was the crucial element that was going to, you know, epitomise what you wanted to get out of the season? Oh, Hargreaves and Mansell. You see, every time I speak about the team, there's so many of them because when you when when you when you want success you, and you get success and you have continued success, which we did, there's no two ways about it. Um, then players that you need more than one, two, three, four, you need a load of them. And I had a load of them, but Greavesy was the skipper. He led it. No doubt. He was up for the fight. He, um, he wanted to win. He wanted to win something. I think he'd gone close and in a Mansell in the middle, because the middle of the field's the most important, part of the field I think you know and, and I had two willing workers and two players that never never really uh, took a backward step when there was a, a fight out there and we, we really did have to fight because teams came to us especially playing more and they wanted to they wanted to beat us um, and yeah I think Hargreaves and the way it panned out you know the games he played you know for his age the way he looked after himself that's everything you know his career he had um, yeah, Gre- Greasy in the middle, and then and then there's a number of names, of course, around him. It's funny you mentioned his age there, because we obviously Asa Hall at the moment is is what 34, 35, and people say, oh, I wonder if he's you know too old. And he, I, I always go back to that argument. Well, Chris Hargreaves was thirty seven when he lifted that trophy and was was the fittest player on the pitch whenever he stepped on. So mm. yeah, yeah, you wouldn't want to be around in the dressing room when Greasy took his top off. <laughs> <laughs> well he, he did he's, that <laughs> he did that captain's blog thing uh for the herald express and i remember he did a youtube video and it was him and i think it was scott bevan in the gym doing these kind of exercises and i just thought <laughs> you would not want to go into get in the ring with him would you <laughs> <laughs> no he uh he said to me when i was talking to him so he said to me when uh, i was trying to recruit him he's like don't worry about the age i'm fine and greasy knew what he needed um God, uh, Chrissy could moan, that's for sure. That's part of a lot of his moaning and plenty of arguments in training and all that. But but Greavesy, he's really driven. I mean, really, really driven and just unrelenting and perfect for the system that we were going to play. Perfect. Did, did you make that decision early on? Next? We, we had... Um... We had Leroy Rossini on a on a recent podcast, and he he said about the players he had, he he didn't want to go into a fight with anyone. He wanted to mm. he wanted to play the ball out from the back. We obviously with Sills and and the deliveries from wide areas, we, we were more direct. Did you make that? Did you make that decision early on? And that okay, we need to, you know, be be a team that's willing to kind of fight, as as you put it. Mm. Yeah, I I did I did I saw it I saw the conference as so unforgiving. And I think I'm I'm right in saying that. Um, Leroy played some I mean, some beautiful football, which I'd like to say we did in the last season. 
you know, oh, and yeah, I think we, we'd have been, yeah, and I'm an advocate of that, but I think you've got to look at what's in front of you. Um, I didn't have an awful lot of time. Look at the players that are available. And, um, you know, again, I've said this before, we did get to 50 goals before any other team, and it's about scoring goals, and that's in any, any division in England. It was about scoring goals. It was about entertaining. We were getting great crowds turn up at Plainmore. Brilliant on the road, as we know as well. The fans are amazing on the road. But, um, yeah, we we just... I wanted to make it simple for the players. I wanted to make it simple and effective. And it was all of those things. It was, it was, we made no excuses. We wanted to play the game in the opposition's half. Um, and because I, I, I always felt if we got ahead, um, you know, there was always going to, the teams would have to open up. And, and so, yeah, that was, that was the model. I say, one of the things I remember from that season, um, which was actually the trophy final. Um, my, my uncle was a Arsenal season ticket holder and he came to the trophy final with us. It was only around the corner from him. And I, I remember he said, as an Arsenal fan, he said, you've got the one player that I'd take right now because he's got the best left foot I've ever seen was Kevin Nicholson. Um, and I know Kevin was always uh, trying to pick fights and he was always aggressive in the training, changing room and causing arguments but aside from that you know how much of that you know how much of his left foot did <laughs> kind of play a part in 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 that especially with Tim Sills Nick Nicholson was vital because we we I I went big on set plays obviously I wanted to defend set plays I felt that was a way teams could get at us um and I certainly wanted to be effective from set plays so if you imagine the, the style we were playing um We'd be getting throw-ins, we, you know, we'd be getting corners, and there was no one better than Nicholson. There was just nobody better. Every single, and we worked on it tirelessly. We worked on both sides of that. Kevin was a huge part of delivering the ball. Because the one thing with Nicholson, if you tell him to do something, you do it. You know, and and I knew how good his left foot was, and I knew what he could deliver. So we we worked out an area to deliver. The players knew where it was coming in. You had, you know, you had Todd. Argreaves, Seals, I mean, Zabrowski, they were queuing up to go and attack it. And you'll see a number of goals where Robertson, you, could, you just couldn't tell who'd scored the goal in the end because there's so many of them in there. And it was just so hard to defend. So Kevin, Kevin again, I mean, it was the, the full four years I was at Torquay, Kevin was there with me and he proved that, you know, he could, he could actually evolve with us as well because we had to evolve. You know, once we become a football league team, I wanted to change the style of play. And um, yeah, it was another great signing. And you managed to sort out his uh, aggressive, argumentative side. Yeah, I didn't uh, <laughs> I didn't quite see that one. <laughs> uh, just that was to, annoying. Just yeah, Kev can be annoying. Yeah, I, because he'll probably watch this. He can absolutely be annoying, Kevin. But he had an opinion. I mean, a lot of them went on to be coaches and managers and, even like Carlisle and I mean, oh, they could all really be annoying, but it's because they cared. It's because they and they had an opinion. And I used to let them have an opinion. I was worried about Mance always always says how he, he just avoided any kind of, you know, any argument or fighting. But no, not for me. Um, <laughs> so soft as anything. Just, <laughs> just jumping forward in that in that season, Paul, because um, we I don't think we've got you for six hours as much as as much as we, as much as you might want you. Um, jumping forward in that season, obviously, I mean, I don't, to be honest, I don't think this, despite maybe we're having one of the bigger budgets in the conference, I don't think many Torquay fans were 
were expecting, considering um, how late in the day it was all kind of thrown together, that, that kind of run into the playoffs. Um, losing to Exeter in the playoffs, kind of just just initially from you, what like what 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 kind of happened? Because obviously we were, we were leading heading into that into that second leg against Exeter, and then it it seemed to kind of fall apart from the from the terrace. Yeah. yeah, it did. No, it did fall apart. Of course, it did. I mean, we hadn't conceded, we hadn't conceded like that. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if I had a crystal ball and I could find the answers, I'd tell you. I think I think. Um, Exeter, it was, it was, I don't know if it was their time or whatever. I mean, we got, we got ahead 2-1. We, if you look at the whole game, and that's what you have to do, um, certainly when you're sitting in my, my seat, they never, they never troubled us until the, literally the last 20 minutes of the game. And on Tiz, he probably got a bit lucky, Paul, didn't he really, with the subs? Um, you know, I remember Matt Gill, and I can say it now because it's years later, Matt Gill shouted across, to them, you know, what the FNL are we doing at 3-1? Because they wasn't threatening us. Okay, we didn't look like we were going to go and get to 4-1, but certainly we was in we was in no trouble. And in the end, the penalty, I mean, I, I looked at it a few times. I mean, come on, really? Um, yeah, and everything they touched went in. But, you know, what, what we did show, what we did show is that we got the fighting spirit and that we're good enough to do it the next year. And in less time, so there you go. Was the relationship with Tiz kind of all right, considering your departure and stuff? And like, I assume it's better <laughs> in that he was happy to beat you. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he was delighted. Yeah, to to grin and bear that one afterwards. But it's it's good for you. That's that's when you realise: Are you up for it? Um, is this you? Is this you want to do? Yeah, I mean, I, I had to go away and think for a bit, but no, no chance. We was we was always going to come back. Which we did. We had to take and suffer again, obviously at Wembley against Ebbsfleet, where we wasn't good enough on the day. Um, so yeah, I mean, I suppose it was written in the stars. We um, we'd had a great season, eighty six points, finished third. Playoffs come along, um, and yeah, it all taken away at the last minute. But it, it it does it does you do have to look back at it and say, well, we got we got the recruitment right because the boys were able to go and do it all again. Is there anything in particular that you feel you learned during that game or, or after the game? Or was it a case of seeing Exeter celebrate on the pitch mm. and just having that, that resolve and looking at the players and saying, don't, don't let this happen again? Yeah, the first thing I had to do was accept it. So I, I never wanted to run away from it. You know, I, accept, I accept that I had enough great times that year and right at the crunch, we weren't able to, to get it done. And, and, and that's down to me and the manager. Um, I didn't have a lot of time to, to, to think about it. Um, I changed the system. I mean, I went to a five. I felt, I felt that, I wouldn't say we were tiring, but we'd played a lot of games that season. We'd played a lot more games than, than, than anybody else with the cup runs. So to get to the trophy final, FA Cup run, good FA Cup run, much needed. I probably thought the legs, maybe, you know, so I went to a five. I wanted to lock it up a bit more. And like I say, until 20 to the end, 20 minutes from the end, it, 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 was, it was very difficult to change it on the side when they're not attacking your goal, if that makes sense. So sometimes, you know, if they're attacking your goal, you go, right, you know, Northie, let's change it, Ken, let's, we've got to do something. But it, that wasn't the case. We were comfortable and it just turned on us and there just wasn't enough time 
it just turned, the momentum turned, it shifted. And um, I suppose we just had to take it, really. I think the, the thing was, was take it. It was, it was in, you know, at Playmore, in front of the TV cameras. It couldn't have got any worse, could it? But um, Oh, it could. Yeah, I had yeah. school the next day. Yeah. <laughs> and my teacher yeah. was an extra fan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, we, got, we, we had to give him a little bit of joy at that, that time, didn't we? Um, going into the next season, um, I think the kind of key signings it felt were... Nicky Rowe. Um, who's the goalkeeper that came in? I had a mind blank. Scott Bevan. Scott Bevan. Yeah, sorry. So obviously, Nicky Rowe comes in. Scott Bevan. I think no, Michael... wait, no. It wasn't, it wasn't it Michael Polk? Didn't we have him? Pokey on loan. Pokey on loan from Southampton, yeah. Yeah, but was Nicky Rowe coming in, was, was that kind of to, to partner Hargreaves in the middle? Did you feel like that was one of the missing pieces of the jigsaw? And obviously Wayne coming in from Exeter, for the mm. fans, that felt like a massive signing because we all knew how good he was. Yeah, it took Wayne a little while to settle, if I remember rightly. I don't think that went great straight away. I'm not sure everyone accepted him straight away. I might be wrong, but that was certainly the feeling. But he wasn't playing his, his best football. So um, we had to wait for Wayne a little bit. Uh, Nicky was brought in I think that was the first part where you see like a little bit of a shift I wanted a bit more quality um, and he, Nicky brought that um, absolutely Nicky brought that and, and, and goals I thought Nicky could score some goals which he proved in the playoffs that he could do so yeah just a bit more quality uh, Nicky still had the legs um, yeah we had to get um, Rory up to speed in terms of the second balls and stuff like that that you need to do but, but certainly when Nicky was on the ball, he was quality. I mean, I remember at Wickham away, his two goals were outstanding. You know, he, he, was, he probably should have played, played a lot higher, in my opinion. He was a quality player, Nicky. What, what about Michael Bruff? <laughs> Bruffy, yeah. Bruff, do you know what? He's one of the nicest lads I've ever worked with, Bruffy. And he was great friends with Kevin. So you have Kevin playing every week and, and Bruffy not. And that was a that was a chemistry um, that we used to we used to have a laugh actually about that. And um, I think a couple of times I said to Kevin, "Well, if you feel that sorry for him, Kevin, you can always sit out and I'll play Bruffy at fullback." But um, I think it was it was a case of the quality that we had, the team that we had. I never wanted to pick a team where the the players that weren't playing on the Saturday weren't fighting uh, for for a place. I wanted competition, and I got it. And Bruffy was a he was a pleasure to manage. He was low maintenance, and yeah, he never he never quite got an opportunity with us. I was always interested that season because Burton seemed to have really run away with it. You know, they I know Cambridge did close the gap towards the end, but did it almost help knowing that the title was probably going to be slightly out of reach, and that you had to, especially with the experience of the season prior, that you had to prepare for the playoffs in, as the most likely scenario. Mm. Yeah, maybe that. I, I'm not sure that helped me. I think the players, yeah, that's a good point. I think that, that would have helped the players because the year before we we were running for the title, weren't we? We were, we were fighting um, with um, Aldershot all the way. And uh, I think I think that, the fact, yeah, maybe we were preparing mentally. We knew because certainly we, we was in a good place going into the playoffs the second year. Um, it was, and it was, wasn't easy. I mean, the Piston games... It's just never easy, is it? There's never any easy sort of route through and then 
Cambridge was always going to be tough because they'd, they'd lost the year before, I think. So, um, yeah, maybe that did prep us a bit better. And did you find that going to Wembley, obviously the first season, and I must admit as a fan, I almost didn't want to go that first season because it, mm. it asked the extra thing. But did you yeah. feel that you kind of got the novelty of Wembley out of your systems that year? And then the next year, it, it wasn't as such a big deal because you'd already been there mm. once as a team already. Yeah, finding the balance is, is pretty difficult, actually, because you want the players to be excited and look forward to the final, don't you? Um, and you? And they're all different. All the lads are different, you see. And that's a, that's a brilliant question because trying to get that part right, we got it right a lot in the, in the semis. Um, to get to the final. The finals are different. It's just a one-off and the way you prep. But we certainly, we certainly were still hurting. I think the hurting from the year before brought that reality that it can all be taken away. And he's so close. I mean, so, so close to, to doing something really special. Um, but yeah, I think we had our focus on it. And I think we almost enjoyed watching Cambridge get carried away a little bit, if you like. That's how it seemed to us when they showed up at Wembley. You know, we, we I think, was in the same tracksuits that we'd worn all year. We tried, yeah, we did. We did try to sort of really focus on the, totally on the game, but very difficult at the National Stadium. I'd been at Histon um, for, the, for the away game, and it wasn't until I got home and I watched the highlights back on the telly. And the difference between the celebrations in the two teams in the two dressing rooms after the game that for me almost felt like where we won it was that the players had sat, the players were sat there as if we'd lost. They were sat there so focused on you've achieved absolutely nothing. Apart from Hargreaves with the pecs. As opposed to. My mum enjoyed that a bit. Yeah. As as opposed to Cambridge. (laughs) Cambridge who were, were, were parading around the pitch with, we're going to Wembley banners, but there was none of that at Histon. It, it, it looked very driven and very focused. It, it was, and, and there's, there's, there's not many places more humbling than Histon away, I can tell you guys, because, you know, they were doing everything humanly possible to, to uh, knock us out, and that was flooding the pitch, putting the heating on full in the dressing room, uh, giving us lovely strawberries and grapes and apples in the dressing room uh, they they tried everything and we really 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 did have to be at our best that day with and without the ball to get through and the cameras asked to come in uh, after Satanta and I, I just wanted to focus you're right I think it's just there in the back of your mind we've done nothing because we had done nothing we'd been here before uh, you know we'd been in the situation before where we'd been close so there was focus we sat there we knew the I think they were playing after us, weren't they, against Stevenage? And weren't they three 0 down or something? And they'd come back. So I think, I think, I think they, they, I think they'd lost the first leg. I'm sure. I think three 0 or something, and they came back. Rendell, Rendell might have got the goals. He, he and, was offside because um, it should have been given offside, but should have been given offside. Yeah. yeah. But but they they it was mass celebration anyway. We watched it all, and I do think that takes something out of you. I really do. I think it can take um, something out of you for the final. But they, you know, I I thought they would come out of the traps at Wembley, which they did. I explained that to the players. The players agreed on that. 
we knew it was going to be uh, a long day at Wembley. It always is. Um, we wanted to leave it in the legs. And we did it. We, we absolutely did it. And, you know, Pokey, uh, a couple of people have said to me, oh, you know, they were on top of us and Michael. Well, I don't think they were, they, they were killing us at Wembley. I think we allowed them to have the ball. And Michael made a couple of saves that I'd expect him to. And in the end, you wouldn't, wouldn't have seen two better goals, well-worked goals than what we got. They, they become disciplined on the day, didn't they? The players sent off. I think Benyon did very well there. You know, is someone that would annoy the hell out of you if he was marking Benyon on and off the field. And uh, <laughs> he, 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 um, he was brilliant. I mean, Seal's got the accolades, of course, the goal scorers, but Benyon was a very, very good footballer as well. Really good player, Elliot, and um, did his job on the day. So in the end, you know, we were disciplined, we were focused, all them things, and we got to do the magical thing, and that was to not only pick a cup up at Wembley, which will stay with me for the rest of my life, and I'm sure the lads and the fans, but also get promotion. I mean, 80 years out of the Football League or 81, to get to, to get back in the Football League was amazing. I'm just so grateful I got the opportunity to do that. When it when it comes to a game like that, Paul, um, where everyone always talks about the, the championship playoff final being the biggest game in football, obviously, to get into the Premier League. But I I always think for a... For a down, down the, obviously I'm a talkie fan, so I'm biased, but down National League into League Two, like the game feels massive as a fan. How did it work in terms of pressure on the inside? Did like, did, could you feel, could you feel nerves like yourself as a manager and in the, in the dressing room, or was it was it really not like that? Well, I, I mean, it's massive for sure. I mean, I didn't get, I didn't get nervous as a manager um, because I always, I really did always trust what we've done and because we were always hell bent on doing it right and preparing and they had great staff with me um and a great team and and fans behind us through thick and thin which they they've always done and continue to do um and that's the truth of it and I felt I felt confident um when you when you turn up at Wembley you honestly it, it's it's in your chosen profession and you're turning up at Wembley and you're going from it, and it's um, it's unbelievable place. I mean, to play football and do your work, or be or manage and lead the team out at Wembley. I mean, but you've got to win. You have to win in our profession. You've got to win because there's so much resting on it. Fans are there, and I think I think afterwards, like I try and remember it, or it's not too nice. I've got a couple of photos, <laughs> but um, it was. Let's just get on the bus and go back take the cup back with us. That was a brilliant journey back on the bus, back with the lads. That was absolutely, you just, you can't buy it. Money can't buy that. I know why people are in, I know these owners and all of that are in, in football because you just can't buy it. That enjoyment, seeing enjoyment on other people's faces, you, you just cannot buy that. And um, like I say, we had so many good times, but that that was incredible. What, standing there watching the players celebrate as well, because they were the ones that works so hard for it. It must have been really nice as well, knowing that the, the consortium were, were all local people, they were all talkie supporters, mm. and that they'd put their faith in you the season before as a first-time manager. It must have been really nice to actually repay them and repay their faith, and knowing that you were doing it for, for supporters as much as anything. Mm. Oh, absolutely. That... That shone through from day one that they were supporters. 
and I think that helped massively. Um, they were all excellent to me. I mean, um, Ian, Omen and Brian Polk travelled on the coach. Every away game, they were there. Uh, they were there when I was a player, which I've said before. <laughs> but they just, the best, they really were. The consortium were absolutely fantastic people. Um, all of them. All of them so supportive. Um, they all was, always attended the board meetings, you know, led wonderfully by Alex Rowe. Alex was a huge support as a chairman. You know, he put himself up to be the chairman and then obviously Simon after the same. I couldn't have been supported any better. Yes, they moaned at times and yes, they wanted to sell a few more players, um, especially, you know, with key and stuff. But they supported me. They supported me so I'm so thankful to them all. Was there any point at which being supporters, they, they, you maybe felt that they would be looking at your future when things weren't going quite so well at the beginning of that second season. Um, mm. Obviously you'd, you'd, I think you'd moved Greavesy into the back four. Um, yeah. And I think it took until obviously the Northwich game, which was that turning point. Did you ever feel under any pressure that, that they might look at you and think we didn't quite get over the line in the first season mm. and things weren't going quite so well in the second and, and whether their investment was paying off. Did you ever feel it, in danger for your future at all? I, I never felt in, in danger. No, I, I, I didn't. And that wasn't complacency. I don't think I had much time to think about that. And they would have been well within their rights to sack me, actually, at that time. Because when, you, when they came in, there was that buzz. There was a real buzz around the place. And um, I think as, as we're finding this year with, with Torquay, you know, and with Gary, there's after last year, I mean, how cruel that was. It's very difficult to, to, to raise your game again, right? And get back going again. And you can lose faith. Um, I would have thought they would have had, uh, had a board meeting or two about me. Um, that's for sure. You know, and, and the, the, the supporters as well that, you know, support us up and down the country. Yeah, of course. We, was in, the position in the league just wasn't what we wanted. And we got that, that penalty. St. Seals' miss it penalty against Northwich, as you say. Um, and, and it turned because I think the one thing maybe the one thing maybe they could take some solace from was was that we had been on a big run like the season before you know we'd accumulated a lot of points um, and and we turned it we turned it and we we started to be very effective again but yeah I think I think they 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 would have been well in their rights to make a change but they stuck with me they stuck with me so um, I was I'm pleased I got to repay them and. And, and give everybody what they wanted because that was that was my objective was to to give everyone what they wanted and that was promotion. Well, yeah, it worked out in the end, didn't it, Paul? <laughs> so it, it did, it did, yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, obviously, we go into the next season. You know, back in the league, um, Scott Rendell seemed like the kind of the big signing of, of that summer, and then throughout the season, I think the two kind of big outgoings were uh, Tim Seals and, and Chris Hargreaves was. What was kind of the main thing behind that? Because obviously at the time, as fans, it, it felt a little bit kind of difficult to, to watch mm. because obviously they, they were the heroes from the, for the last two seasons. But I think deep down, obviously, Benyon was doing really well in the league that time and, and Scott Rendell was coming on. Was it kind of looking ahead to the next season or were they not working out in the league? What, what was kind of the main thing behind, behind those? 
the main thing was to stay up. Um, I'll tell you, the, the feelings, I mean, the sick, sickening feeling I had in my stomach when we kept getting beat, we kept getting pipped. I think you look at the results, we weren't getting smashed out of sight every week, but I'd made a decision with the board that we would we'd, we'd keep the chaps. A lot of them had a second year to run anywhere on their contracts and we, we would keep faith in that. But that's the realism again of the job, right? You're in, you're, you, people say, oh, you compare it with the conference. Well, you can and you can't. There was definitely more quality. There was definitely better teams, better players. And we're now, you know, Wembley now, it's, it, it's gone. It's, it's the promotion's gone. You're sitting down the bottom of the league. Um, you can't be saying, well, you know, looking in the past and saying, well, you know, we won't go down. We're good enough. And, and there's no time for heroes. There's time now. There's time now today. Absolutely. But at the time, no chance. Not a chance. And I'm so pleased that I say in a way, I mean, I've said to you before, do you, you know, releasing or, or telling someone like Greasy, who I wanted to keep as a coach anyway. Greasy knows that. He knew that. I wanted to keep Greasy as a coach and bring him in alongside me anyway, but that weren't for Chris at the time. But I had to make decisions. My job was to make decisions for the football club, right? And I was going to live and die by then. And that was probably one downside of the, the consortium being supporters because they couldn't see it. I mean, they're entitled to their opinion more than anybody. It's their club. They, they just was like, Paul, what? You know, you can't... You, you, Sills, you've got you know, Todd and Argreaves, I'm ripping the... It's all like all out of the team, but I need. I felt I needed to do it after looking at the games in and up to Christmas. I think it was that I needed to make changes, and I was looking at what I felt was working, what I felt wasn't working, and I decided to to make the changes. And again, wasn't afraid to be in front of the fans forum, which was absolutely packed and packed with angry faces and questions and. You've got to be able to answer them, and the only way is on the field. And we did, we did do that. We we turned the results around. We found our feet in the football league, and we stayed in the football league. And we built, we built from there. And that was really the evolution, probably halfway through my tenure. With with Silsey, um, I, I mean, I have to admit, he was a bit of a cult hero of mine. Uh, why why do you think he kind of struggled with that with that leap from national league to to football league? Because it just didn't. Nothing seemed to stick in quite the same way it did for him uh, in the National League, in, in League Two. I, I think he, he he got a few goals, but but nothing like to the level he was doing in the National League. Wow, that do you know what? What a, that is a great question because again, I don't know. Maybe that was my fault. Maybe it was down to me. Maybe the system of play. I can't really remember. Mm. I don't know. I think as well. And I think sometimes you, it's run its course. Mm. So, like when I wanted, when I decided to lead Torquay, I felt it run its course. Um, people wouldn't understand it. People don't expect them to made mistakes. And, but you, you, you get a feeling. And I think if you look at Seals, was it forty-two goals in two seasons? Yeah, I did have conversations with Tim. I had conversations with them, especially with Tim right, about how we turn this around. And I always said we, because, you know, I didn't want it to say, oh, you're not scoring. No, we're not scoring. And I think he did say at the time, maybe he did say some, oh, you're not using me as much as, or oh, you're using me how we did. Maybe he had a point. But again, I just, I just, had a, I just had to win the games and I had to find a way. And I suppose in a way, 
and the lads would know this. I didn't, I didn't really, I say care. I didn't mind who had to go. They just had to go. And, um, and cause I just wanted to stay in the, had to stay in the football league. And if I'd have kept them, them, them lads, we might've finished higher. Who, who knows? I, I, I don't know, but um, certainly they'd all, they'd all done, you know, everything and more than of what I expected of them. And um, I think they all realize now because they're all managers again, like Silsey, I think to Matt Gaffer now, they all know now, don't they? They they all have the answers when they're players. You know, sitting in there, well, what's he planning for? Well, what's he going? Look, oh, what are we doing now? This is boring. Now they've got it all as managers, all of them. Good luck to them all. <laughs> well, you'd sort of started that trend the season before, hadn't you? Because I think the one that that I always remembered was was Woodsy going, and mm. and and I, I cursed you for it at the time. But looking back. Yeah. You'd, yeah. you'd made the decision and you can look back now and, and, and see that actually, you know, I think he played his last game was possibly that trophy game at, at Southport where we got beat. And you can, you can look back now and, and say it was the right time for him to go. But at the time, obviously, I think he was probably one of the longest serving players. Did you ever worry about what the fans' reaction would be? Or was it just you were quite single-minded and, and quite ruthless in the fact that it wasn't working for Woodsy and it wasn't working for, for the team. So yeah, he had to go. Yeah. You were, first of all, I mean, Steve Woods, what, what a servant to the club and what a great player. And, you know, if he'd have been a, a few years younger, he'd have been absolutely perfect, wouldn't he, for football league for us. Coming out from the back, playing into O'Kane or Lathrope and, and really keeping the ball like we went on to do. He'd have been it had been absolutely everything I was looking for. I think the timing was right for Steve to go for, for the club. I always put the club first. I mean, I think that's one thing. I, I knew I would get questioned. I knew I'd get some stick from fans, and rightly so. I mean, they've all got their opinion. Everybody's got their opinion. But I'm the one making the decision, and it wasn't easy letting Steve Woods go because he was very well liked by his peers. I think when players become heroes at clubs, I mean, you can't have it both ways. It's a tough... You almost want it to end or you want it to end where you sell them, right? So if you look at somebody like, I'm not, you know, say like Elliot, we sold Elliot, right? Or we, we sell, we, we, we sold players, uh, Union, right? You haven't got that, that problem, have you? You haven't got that problem. But with the older player, you've got that problem because it's not easy when they've done everything for you and the club and then you're the one that has to get, uh, you know, tell them that it, the time's over and there's no easy way of doing it. The only thing you can do is be honest. And that's what I, I was. I was just honest. And I think Steve, you know, leading us out of Wembley was, was big. I think giving Kevin Hill his, was it 474 record appearance at Wembley? I did some stuff, you know, that, that, that I'm very proud of that, that showed the respect to these players that they deserve. But football's so fast moving. And in my seat, you've, you've, you've just got to keep moving and keep moving it forward. And I felt that that, that whatever stick was going to come my way, I had to just deal with it and hope I was doing the right thing at the time. I, I remember at the time, some people were, uh, I hope you don't mind me saying this, Paul, uh, some people were saying that your style was confrontational in those things. Do you think that was more down yeah. to honesty rather than, uh, you know, confrontational? I, I remember some conversations around, yeah. around that. Oh, you won't offend me. <laughs> that's for sure. I'm 51 on Thursday. I've grown up. <laughs> You won't, you won't offend me. You really won't. I mean, I wish I was mature back then as I feel now. Um, 
I was raw. I mean, I was raw. I hadn't been a manager before. I, I, I was raw. I thought I was right with every decision. I, you know, I said I was, I was, I trusted myself. And I wasn't afraid of the confrontation. I thought it was part of the game, the honesty, the hon- if, you know, to give that, you know, that blunt honesty with the players. It really did spark some, you know, they sometimes couldn't believe the things I'd say to them, but it was for the best. It was always for the best. And yeah, of course it was confrontational. Absolutely. They're spot on them fans. They, they knew me better than anybody. But again, if you reflect and you look back, I made, of course, made a lot of mistakes. I was going to make mistakes, but we won a lot of games. We really did. And we, you know, we, we beat a lot of teams that we shouldn't have beat in the FA Cup. And it's a really, really great time for me to look back on at Torquay. I absolutely love the club. I love everything about the club. I'm a huge supporter now, so is my little boy. And that comes from playing, playing way over 100 games for the club and managing over 200 for the club. You know, there's not, if anyone ever says to you, oh, you know, uh, there's a bigger fan of Torquay than Paul, but they're wrong. They've got to be. I've just given it to you there. I play for the club, manage the club. And, um, and you've got a few quid for me as well, actually. Never forget that. You've got some money in the bank for me. <laughs> I was I was going to say kind of going on to that next season um obviously I, there was a real sense of optimism because it felt like the team had evolved you know you brought in the likes of you know Zabrowski had signed permanent uh Billy Key who was really popular um O'Kane o- j- j- was just really taking off and you could see that we had a real someone who in the nicest possible way, was way better than Torquay. Mm. You know, should have been yeah. playing at a high level from an earlier stage, I think. So, you know, kudos for getting him on board. The two kind of things for me that season, I mean, one of them, a game I really want to touch on, was the the Crawley FA Cup game. Because as, as a fan, uh, we all, for numerous reasons, just really disliked Crawley. Um, mm. There was history with, with Paul Rayner. Um, what, what was that like to manage? Because it seemed like a really kind of gritty game of football yeah. watching. Yeah, we always fancied our chances at home, at playing more in the FA Cup. We, you know, we really did have a great record in the Cup. And um, it was a tough opponent. I mean, they, they had spent a, a few quid. They had some good players. I mean, you look at that team. Mm. They, they were a good side. I mean, first and foremost, we was up against a good team. And um, they caught us out. I mean, the goal they got us on, that was the bit that, 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 that killed me. It's because we prided ourselves on, on um, especially the first ball up. It was just the first ball up, you know, I forget who was challenging and we needed to be on the cover. And we weren't, we got ourselves in a race with the striker they had. And he was a good striker. And, Matt um, Tubbs, and he finished. Yeah, Tubbs, that's it. Yeah, Tubbs, right. And he finished. And they had a, they had a number of players in the team that could hurt you. And I think, I think we saved, I think Scotty saved two penalties that day. It was unbelievable. And we nearly, I think we nearly got a draw in the end. I don't know, we hit the bar or something near the end. But it, it was one of them games where managing against Steve Evans is a lot of fun, lads, by the way. Um, <laughs> that, that, and, Steve, and Steve, if he's listening, I, I don't care, he would know. Because I've met him, I've met him in person when you're not in the dugout and it's completely different. Nicest bloke you'll ever meet. But in the dugout, oh God. We were beating them in the trophy. I can't say it on here what he said to me, 
I was just literally stood looking out. I think we were freeing it up. And he's come out and there's nothing going on. I'd never got involved with the, the other bench. And he's going in a Scottish accent. I won't do it. I won't do any justice. But he's screaming, hey, you, you, buckle. So I look and he's going, you're lucky. I won't say. <laughs> <laughs> so I went like this. Because all pulled the punters behind, you know, in the old stand. They loved it. Of course, they loved it. They were laughing. So I do this, as if to say, like, not listening. And he went absolutely mad. And of course, Rainer as well. And, and I got to know Rains over the years. But, you know, he, I'm sure he, he should have had an Oscar, shouldn't he, at Deep Bell? <laughs> you know, what he did to Moro. I'd never forget that. I only watched that the other week. I watched it. There's yeah. the, whole, the whole game's on, um, on YouTube. And Isn't I watched it, it. Really? Yeah, I watched it and I kept going back oh, and I kept going back. And think, yeah, well, because you see, you see them going for this challenge together and they're, they're on the floor. And then, and then Darren sort of just, just punches the, the ground. Yeah. And then he just goes, he goes rolling off all over the place and there's this big melee. And of course, it was, it was the last game that they ever played on the plastic pitch as well. And it was just, there was, it, it was just, just massive, you know, kerfuffle, you know, in, in the corner. And was then I he in sent... that melee? Was, did, did you see me? Uh, I, could, I, I, could, I couldn't recall now. I, was, I, I just kept scrubbing backwards and forwards on, the, on the, the bar because I was trying to see if you could ever see him make contact. And, and no. he's just next to him and he just, you just see him punch the, the AstroTurf. Nothing. I was there, right? And I remember it like it was yesterday. He did, we, we were told, Donna Reardon, the, the main instruction, the main instruction was do not get involved with these. We were better than them. I don't care who, 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 who's, who was in their team. We were better than them. I think I was marking Gareth Hainsworth that night, actually. We, we were better than them, right? End of story. Wickham did not want us in the final. That's a certainty. We were a great footballing team. And there was only one team going to win that until Paul did what he did and faked being hit and rolled on the floor and the ref got sucked in to the 11,000 was in there and recorded him and, and sent him off. And that was exactly what they wanted because, you know, on the AstroTurf, the last ever game on that pitch, you say, and, and, and they would smash everything forward and we needed Big Daz. If you was going to lose one player yeah. out of that team, um, he wouldn't want it to be Darren. No, he was, he was such, a, such an incredible centre-half. And mm. and it you know obviously it showed because he ended up going right to the top and went yeah. to the world went to the World Cup didn't he with Jamaica and yeah. he was he was just and and the other thing about Darren is that I mean I I met him <laughs> I met him by the the hop and grapes in Torquay one one afternoon and he's just the the gentlest bloke you wouldn't think it to look at him he's he's what six foot four and he's quite an imposing guy mm. but. To talk to him, mm. he's he's very softly spoken. He's he's such a polite, eloquent bloke. Yeah, that you even even if it looked like something had happened on the on the pitch on the video, talking to him, you wouldn't have believed it because it he just didn't. No. I mean, he, he was a, he was a fierce competitor, but he didn't have that in him at all. And it was no. I, you know I hated Paul Rayner to this day for that. Well, I. I wouldn't know where the hop and grapes is anyway, so I don't know where you mean that. No. And uh, and um, yeah, Big Daz, I remember him. He was, I think, he was eighteen when I when I left Brentford and came to Torquay. And uh, nicest guy you'll ever meet. And I bumped into him a few years back at West Brom, and changed one bit. Absolute gentle giant, but what a what a great player. And uh, yeah, that was that was a 
that's a disappointing night. But yeah, I mean, so many, so many memories, Torquay. Great to looking, be, looking back on them. To be fair, I think Sam's done you a disservice by bringing up the Crawley game, considering we did win a lot of FA Cup ties. Oh you? yeah, no, no. Oh, it, I was, I was more interested. Yeah, sorry. I feel bad. <laughs> more interested in, in, in the. Because I mean, there were two red. Because Broski got sent off. Uh, they had a player sent off. It yeah, it was. Uh, and I remember watching the ITV highlights afterwards, and Chris Coleman was saying, "Yeah, Torquay have been robbed today." Um, if if that makes it any better. Did, uh, well, I suppose what I wanted to ask on that because you you obviously also you beat when you were Luton manager, you beat Norwich who were in the Premier League at the time, didn't you as well, Paul? Am I right in mm. saying that? Yeah. Did did yeah, you always? Did you target these kind of FA Cup games? Because we, 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 yeah, we recently we've had a pretty damn poor record in in FA Cup. We we, we never seem to go anywhere. <laughs> well, I don't think we've got to the third round since you've left, Paul. So I mean that that's, yeah. that says how how oh. good it was. You, you're not going to blame me for that as well, chaps. Eh? Come, no. I get the blame for a lot. I get I get the blame for a lot of things. No, we beat Wolves at home. We'd just come down from the Premier League. Uh, we beat McKenwell Road, and then we did famously go and beat. Uh, Norwich, yeah, we. I mean, look, we, I wasn't going to mention Gary. Gary won't mind. I'm a big supporter of Gary Johnson. Uh, we smashed the Oval, didn't we? Four-one yeah. live on the TV at home. Um, you know what a performance that was. We went one-nil down and come back and and won that uh, convincingly. And yeah, but we, we. I had to focus on the FA Cup because of the monies as well at Torquay. Um, but no, I've done. I've done pretty well in the in the cup games and against the bigger teams. I always say in the FA Cup, you get a week to prepare as well. I think that helps managers. It certainly helped me to prepare and look at them and see how you can see how you can um, beat them ultimately. So yeah, we had, we had some great cup runs. And I remember Alex Rolo when we when we got beat in a second. I think it's the second year in the trophy. We got beat away. Was it Southport or somewhere? Yeah. And I'd done the I'd done the rotation. You know, because that's when it was sort of. It was pretty sexy to, to rotate then. And uh, it got us nowhere. We just knocked out. And I'm thinking, that's all right. I can say now we're concentrating on the league. And Alex, come on, he was fuming. He was like, don't do that again. We're not doing that again, changing the team. So, yeah. And actually, he was spot on with that because I don't I didn't really subscribe to that. You lose momentum and stuff. So, uh, But the cup, the cups were great and they were a big part of it. The money's, when you sit in the boardroom at Torquay and you see the smile on the lad the lads faces the, the directors especially Ian Eamon because Ian was always on about the money you know he was, a, he was an accountant wasn't he Ian was an accountant can you imagine you know he wanted to sell everyone he you know you know he loved it they, they, I knew how important that was and it was really exciting you know when the draw was coming out and and stuff and, until until uh, Crawley got Man United eh? yeah uh, uh, yeah <laughs> how was how was that meeting Monday morning <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, they got my answer phone that, that day, I think. It just split the struggle. It's like, sorry, I can't quite hear you, Alex. Yeah, um, yeah. So funny, but yeah, wouldn't, wouldn't swap any of it. Now, obviously, it gets the end of that season. Um, it always feels like the elephant in the room, but Old Trafford, um, we, we were obviously aware as fans that there was speculation linking you to the Bristol Rovers job. Um were there discussions? Were you aware of it? Do you think that played into it? Because obviously, done so well against um, Shrewsbury, and we know that certain things, like the fire alarm, which you know, I mean, we all 
they Graham Wesley must have been behind that and you know yeah. the fa- fans we, we I mean yeah. I, I got there about 10 minutes before kickoff on the day so there was a crash on the M5 it, it was it was it was a strange odd day but what was that like for you and 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 were there kind of discussions between yourself and Bristol Rovers at the time or was it all kind of left until afterwards you you yeah you don't have to you can ask me anything I think these these podcasts um, for the fans and anyone wants to listen so yeah absolutely there's nothing to hide I was told I knew before the Shrewsbury game actually both Shrewsbury games Alex told me and I wanted to be told I think that was it wasn't never going to affect me at all I mean um, lifted me actually you know I think when you're managing you know you want your players to do well you you, you want them to um, move on and, and you want the fans to be happy but you know you've got your own career to think about as well and um sure you, you you could appreciate that and I'd had there'd been a few approaches uh, from clubs and, and the club had been good telling me about that and, and uh, I turned down a, a few a few opportunities but again in the back of my mind um, I, I felt we were being successful and I felt that clubs were, were going to come in and um, there was a there was a figure put in there that if a club wanted me, that, that if they paid it, that, that I would talk to them. So um, before, the, before the first Shrewsbury game at home, uh, not right before, but, you know, that week or whatever, yeah, said that we, we let just let you, because if they don't tell you, someone's going to tell you anyway. Mm. And someone from, from the club can, can have a way of getting to you and telling you. And, um, yeah, I knew, I, knew, I knew all about the fact that they had agreed a fee for me. And that I was gonna, I'd be given permission to go and talk to them after the after the season had ended. So I, I got on with my job. I didn't go and have talks with them. I didn't go and do anything to put in jeopardy our chance of promotion. And I always said I'd make my mind up when the season had ended. I mean, I've been a professional for many, many, many years, so I know how to behave. And the performances against Shrewsbury reflected that, in my opinion. I don't think you'll see two better performances from my teams. Um, with, with the job in hand of having to beat a really good Shrewsbury team at home and then going away and look after the, the lead, which we did. We were comfortable and it was accomplished performance by the lads. So the final was a disappointment, huge disappointment, because we just didn't play to the levels we can play. We still got to their goal. We still probably could have scored a couple of goals. Um, they scored a worldie. We couldn't find the net against a team that we'd never struggled against. So, um, yeah, that was disappointing. Because, I I mean, Stevenage proved that they could be a, a good League One team, but I felt ours was a League One team. I really felt that we could do it on the day. Uh, it just didn't happen. And there was a lot of stuff that went on during, you know, leading up to the game, uh, before the game, yeah. So, but there's no excuses. We just, we just didn't get to the heights that, that I thought we would. To be honest, I'm sure I'm biased as a as a Torquay fan, but it definitely felt at the time that obviously you'd you'd evolved our style, as we said, and it, it felt like we played more football than than Stevenage perhaps did at the, at yeah. the time. Um, I, I just we I did. just want to get, just go back to it. I wonder what looking back on it now, do you think the it affected the players in a way that the speculation with you, yourself and Bristol Rovers or not? Or was it was it just a, simply a yeah. case of not not turning up on the day in the in the way that we had been all season? Yeah, I no, I don't, 
unless the lad said anything different, I'd see that as an excuse. I don't think that that was the case. Um, players don't care either. <laughs> they, they didn't think it was down to me anyway. It was down to them that we were doing so bloody well. Um, so, no, I don't think they cared. And we were stepping out Old Trafford. I mean, they're not going to be thinking about me. It, it was a huge occasion again. It was another step up for us. I mean, massive. You know, what we were doing and what we were accomplishing together as a group, as fans and everything, I mean, it's amazing. It's like, we're in another final. Let's go. Let's... And I couldn't see. I was so confident. I, you know, we had evolved. We was a better footballing team. They deserved it on the day they beat us. But we were a better footballing team. And every time we played them, I think we smashed them 4-0 at Playmore. We, it, we found it easy to play against Stevenage at times. Um, because we wanted to have the football, you know, and we, we had a really distinct style of play, just like we did in year one. We kept the ball. There's no way you could have got it forward and looked for fights with Damon and Newman in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a very good team and we had a great front line. And that year we done very well in the low market. You know, I think Shrews would be kicking himself, giving us Jake and letting us have Jake and not, and not putting in there that he couldn't play against him and all that. Um, well, that, before that, the hat game, in, that hat trick in the league game, it was amazing. We was a ri- that 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 there that that style of play because we we fought as well. We were a good footballing team, but we had some fight. People like Unit, he can fight with the best of them, and Damon can put his foot in. So we had a really good side. We was a very good team that year, and um, I just we I mean the, the the game at home against Shrewsbury. I flooded the pit. I wanted the pitch so wet. I didn't care. They had, they had better budget than us. Said, you know, arguably on paper better players, whatever Shrewsbury, but no chance. I trusted us on a quick pitch, fast field, get it down and play. They like to play, and um, that was a good game at playing more, beating them two nil. I think Gavin Tomlin was another good signing. Yeah, really good signing, Gav. You know, we we were playing with four strikers. We were playing with four up. You know, it was four two four, exciting, good football, and then. Then we get to Old Trafford where it's all dry and ball don't move. Cheers for that. Oh, that's her. I'll get the groundsman. If we can find him, that would be great. Uh, <laughs> it, was, it was like so, it was like, oh, I don't, you know, ball and Stevenage licking their lips because, you know. But anyway, it sounds like excuses now, but it's, it's not. It's facts. It's the facts. But there you go. I say, I, because I, I remember when the news came out, I was, I was gutted. I, I think only because, I mean, I start going in Torquay in League One. So the first three seasons supporting the club was just pure struggle. And then the entire your entire tenure at the club was was just four really, really good seasons where it, you really look forward to going every week. And it, even in that first season in League Two, when you weren't winning every game, you still fancy just you still thought I reckon we could win it. It was you know, especially off the back of the, like I said, the previous three seasons. It was it was such an enjoyable time, and I think especially at the age I was, yeah, it was as fans couldn't Thank couldn't you. fault it really until. Thank you. Um, yeah, obviously. Do, then you went, then you went any, and broke my heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna ask that in a polite way. Do you, do you have any regrets over it, Paul? Over that because I know you said it felt like you felt like it had run its course in terms of, of mm. leaving you to go to Bristol Rovers, but d- looking back now, do you have any regrets over over how that? how that transpired 
Well, I don't have any regrets over how it transpired because everything was done above board, wasn't it? They paid yeah. money. And I'm, you know, I'm proud of that. I'm very proud of the players we sold, but I always try and I try to do this now in the business that I work in now and run. It's like you've got, you've got to take a manager and try and, and, and the end game sell him because I, was not gonna, I wasn't going to be talking manager forever. Right, let's get that clear. And you're, you're all happy about that. But you know what I mean? <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to be talking manager forever. So this is where the clubs, for me, they get it wrong. They just don't succession plan. They, they, you know, they wait too long. The real, that was a reality. But I wanted to be successful, whatever that looked like. I was successful at Torquay, no doubt. And the, the fans were fantastic. I looked forward to going to Torquay. I always, I never once thought, oh God, I'm going to turn up at Playmore. I accepted any criticism. It's minimal over four years in that many games, right? Um, I don't think if I managed another 50 years, I could achieve what I did in four years at Torquay. But there's a chemistry. There was a chemistry and there's a chemistry at the club now that I can see from afar that's really helpful. The, the, the fans, yeah, they, they moan, but they don't, they don't go over the line. They don't step over the line, right, with Gary. And they've got, they've got a great manager with Gary. We're not going to get a better manager than Gary, right? He's honest. He says it how he is. We've got to give him the time and, and wait. And when our time comes to get back in the football league, because it will, and I hope it comes this year, we come right at the end, right, like a train. Um, I, I was very proud to be bought. I really was. Was do, 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 I, do I regret going to Bristol Rovers? Not at all, because they, they showed interest in me at the time. And um, could I have got a better move for both their club and me? Absolutely, I could. But, you know, um, you can't get it all, all right. You know, did they do their due diligence on me? Probably not. I uh, never spoke to Nick Higgs. Uh, I didn't speak to him uh, after, actually. He never, he never actually sacked me. Um, yeah. And, yeah, great that one, isn't it? Welcome to, welcome to my old world. <laughs> what, we, what we want you, we're going to pay X for you. It's great, 28 games. Well, where's Nick? Uh, no, so, like... And then if I saw him, if I saw Nick Higgs tomorrow, I'd shake his hand. I really did want to speak, see him and speak to him. But um, did I do my homework? Absolutely not. I was too busy getting to, to finals with Torquay and doing great things. So it's a learning curve. It's a learning part for me. If that happened again, I'd take more time, maybe step back. But um, when you're in management, and I see a lot of managers now, work with a lot of managers, a lot of coaches, you know, I, I do tell them of these, these pitfalls. But I certainly, I certainly think if you'd have said to me at the start, when we were where we were, you guys said it yourself, we were rock bottom, rock bottom with no guarantees. If you'd have said cup runs and finals and promotion and then Paul, you'll be bought. And actually, if you'd have said your last 28 games after that, I'd have took it. I'd have took it. I'd have took it. <laughs> I'd have took it. Because I didn't, listen, I didn't get the Luton job on the back of... Uh, on the back of uh, Rovers, did I? I got it on the back of Torquay, so I can thank you, you lot, for that. Well, well, I don't know if we... you. Sorry, go on, time. I was. Just, I don't know if you saw recently, but we. I was. We were all quite interested. Um, you were quite. The odds went quite low for you. You were quite heavily linked over here with the Stevenage job recently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if there was anything behind that. 
could you see yourself getting back into it over it? And, you know, would you ever, if it came up, do you think you'd ever come back? Because I'd, I, I don't know about every fan, I'd certainly, there'd be no complaints from me if you, if you, if there was a club statement saying, you know, Paul Buckle returns. <laughs> Put that in writing, please. Yeah, as long as as long as there's a clause that you're not joining any other <laughs> Southwest team afterwards. I bet, no. I bet Paul, I bet Paul never thought he'd hear a talkie fan say that after the abuse he got from talkie oh, fans. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta be honest, right? I only ever saw like Exeter or Plymouth as the enemy. I had no idea. I had no idea. I, I was like, so every talkie fan, you know, come on, forgive me, forgive me for going to Bristol Rovers, please, come on. Come on, my son, my son wears a talky shirt, you know, I'm rooting for you. Um, no, I uh, I actually was in England, first time been able to get home for ages, obviously, with things. And uh, I was with a I was with an owner, actually, an American owner, and he, he's very interested in buying a League One club and a League or a League Two club. So I'd set this thing up for, for ages and Zoom calls with chairmen and 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 um, we wanted a, a club to look at, you know, quite close to where we're standing. And we looked at the fixtures and there's Phoenix. So I turn up and um, I saw Alex, actually, Alex Ravel in, in, in the car park, you know, the head coach. And because um, I, I tried to sign him so many times, I liked him as a player. So he was sort of, you know, it's one of them, when you're a manager and things ain't going so well, like, you know, all the managers will appear. It's what happens in the industry, right? The agents say, go and get up to wherever. And that's not my style, by the way. I never, never do that. Um, but I was sort of in the car park and I was like, Alex looked over and I thought, eyes, and I went over and I said, good luck today, Alex, you know, and um, I said, not, not I want you to win because he never signed for me. So he had a laugh and a joke, went up, watched the game. And then after the game, I wanted to see Nigel Clough because um, they were playing Mansfield. I wanted to see Nigel, who's always been great to me, manager, a great friend. And uh, so I went down and Nigel came and this guy took a picture and the next Next day, I go to my mum's for, for, for a cup of tea, and she says nothing, my mum. And then she, she, she said, out of nowhere, she said, um, are you, you going to say, go to Stevenage, Paul? I said, no, mum, I'm just here for a cup of tea. She said, I've just heard it on the radio. So then my son's going laughing, all laughing. Yeah, because obviously they see you there, put two and two together, you know, I get 10. But no, uh, I was only there, I was there on business and some pleasure, and... Uh, yeah, I went up, went up to come in the car park. No one's going to recognise me, you know. It's been a long time. I, I, I go in. Hi, Paul. Oh, hello. You know, go on the door. Sorry about Old Trafford. I said, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no problem. You're, you're okay. And I can't help myself. I said, you're okay. I said, only one you ever won against us. And he starts going off. So I walk off and I get up to him. And I go to get a cup of tea. And she's um, stood there. This lady comes over to say hello. I said, hi. Sorry about Old Trafford. <laughs> Big ring. And now, now I go, yes, yeah, okay, we have to give you one bit, we'll give you one game, you know. Do you remember the 4 0? No, you, really, you never beat us 4 0. You, you know, so these, you know, football people don't don't forget. I had a, I had a good time actually reminiscing with, with them and uh, had to walk past the, 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 the corridor like this because of, you know, all the pictures on, on the wall, you know. But I did, well, I did remember. I did remind them then one much since, but there you go. I saw I the trophy on your Instagram actually, and I thought, oh, just brought it all back. I thought, oh no, it's taken me 10 years, Paul. I've just oh, about got over it. Part the healing still, come on. This, this, this American owner you speak of, how much money's he got, and how low is he willing to go? 
I've I've to admit, Paul, when I saw you link with the Stevenage job and then I saw Tisdale get it, I was like, oh, they've just beaten him to it. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've got um no America's home now. It's been for nine years. I don't foresee us uh moving. Um I never really think about being a manager as a rule. You know, it's not something I wake up and think I need to want to be a manager because it, it wasn't at the start. Um but but when I when I you know, got to see me. It did bring back some good memories because I had some good times against them clubs and some good battles. So, yeah, I wouldn't swap any of it for the world. I mean, especially, I said before, my time at Torquay. And I mean it. I, I know I come across, could come across confrontational and a bit miserable and all that, but I loved it. I absolutely adored my time there. It was fantastic. Talk, talk, talk to us a bit about what, what you're up to now then, obviously, in America. Obviously, you, you coached a bit with... um with Sacramento and, and and now you're doing some consultancy work. What, 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 what are you up to kind of day to day? Well, yeah, first of all, I wanted to, I mean, come over with Rebecca's job. Uh, that was the reason I, I had to leave Luton uh, during the season because she got offered a contract with NBC. It wasn't released, that type of thing. I couldn't say too much. So yeah, ended up leaving nine years ago. Rebecca's done very well with NBC. We stayed. Uh, I wanted to continue and be in professional football, not easy. So long story short, I got offered a job at Sacramento Republic, big team in the USL League. We did well, good, good three seasons. They had some cup runs as well. And um, won, won the regular season title, done some good things. And then I thought, did I want to go MLS and manage? Uh, uh, no. Am I fed up with moving? Yes, because I've moved loads. So basically then... My father-in-law said, you know, what about consultancy? You know, I didn't really know what that meant, if you know what I mean. Someone's just been in football. But basically, it's out of football. And anyone that, 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 that wants advice, whether it be on, um, you know, in coaching. So I'm now with the LMA. I work for the LMA as an ambassador overseas. So I enjoy that part. Um, I work with, with a few different teams. I work with club owners. Um, because everyone's trying to win, everyone's trying to figure out strategy, and I did that for a number of years. So I feel like I've learned a lot, and I've got a lot to to give. Certainly as well with managers and trying to get the right fit, because that's where it falls over. You know, the LMA will release the figures on how long the managers last, and it's what eleven months or something crazy. In no other industry would you have that turnover. So I I um, I'm a consultant. I've got my own company. And I work in all different areas in football, areas I never thought I'd work with, but and, and joke with the managers constantly that I'm on the dark side now. You see, I'm like sitting with Ian, aren't I now? Ian Eamon and, and Brian and bloody moaning about the managers. And, <laughs> You're, are uh, you now the one saying, yeah, you've got to sell yeah. the players? You've got to sell the players. <laughs> yeah, get them all. You get them all. Yeah, yeah, get the money in. But no, that's 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 what I do now. And um, still, still uh, really enjoy watching the results come in every week weekend i really do i follow everything I, I work and talk sport i'm on talk sport quite a lot you know doing the review of the championship um to the sec, uh, league two so yeah i'm doing a number of things but i've got no real desire to to go and manage um but never say never you didn't fancy swapping california for stevenage then <laughs> No, no, wait, 
wait, wait for Gary to do an incredible job to get a really good team and then Gary has to move on and then I can take over a really good team at Torquay. That would be great. It's nothing better than if you can take over a good team. Hopefully Martin, hopefully Martin Ling um, thought that when he, when he took over. Well, he did it. He did it. He had the he had the groundworks, and um, he definitely um managed to managed to leap on from that as well. Um, he did. He did. Yeah. He did. He, he did a great job, uh, Martin. Sorry that he got you know he got a bit poorly, and um, but yeah, he did. He did a great job. I always remember Damon, my my nephew, telling me how good he was and stuff. That's fantastic. Real good. Real good guy. It always it was always a concern, sort of who comes in after the success, because I mean I don't know if you know it, but. I think in terms of, I had the stats up a minute ago. So in terms of wins as, as Torquay manager, you're second ever. And as win percentage, you're the, you're the third highest ever. So, you know, like you say, it was it was sort of, from our point of view, it was unprecedented success year on year. And, and every year was a progression on the last. So when you left, there was, there was a bit of trepidation really about who was going to come in. You know, obviously, I think, you know, when you joined us, you went back to Exeter and, and nicked a couple of players and obviously did the same thing when you when you went to Bristol Rovers is you sort of you knew where the success was and the players that you wanted to bring in. Um, so it was it was nice when, when Martin came in and obviously was able to utilise not not only sort of the players that were there that you'd put in place before, but obviously had quite a good network of, of people to, to go to to bring in other players, sort of people like Rennie Howe and, and what have you. Um, when when you saw the fixture list come out at the beginning of that that season with Bristol Rovers, was it was it just meant to be? You looked at it and thought, oh no! Did, it, it was it was incredible, really, because I think the Football League show did a did a thing at the time, didn't they? With and Clem Clem went to that game, and that must be the last thing you need, by the way, on your first home game. I mean, that Clem from the Football League show following you around <laughs> following the afternoon. You, following you that must have been a days. nightmare. Hi Paul, how's the game gone? Yeah, we lost. <laughs> That's football. Yeah, um, sorry, you finished the question. Yeah, when when you when you saw that 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 fixture list come out, what was the first thing that went through your mind? Yeah, Bex was like, "Can you believe that?" I said, "Yeah, actually, I can believe that." It was that was so surreal. It was. I remember, I remember some um, fan, um, Bristol Rovers fan, because they did have some Bristol Rovers fans at the time. Uh, they, he asked me to take a flag out and put it. He's like, you know, we want you to carry this flag out. It's a massive flag. I was like, oh, I'm not, I'm not, that's not for me, you know. Because he'd see a yellow down the bottom, because, you know. And like, yeah, real surreal moment. So like, maybe he didn't like that, that I wouldn't put that flag in. But yeah, walking across the pitch was, that was really strange because that was a quick turnaround. And of course, you can't be at Torquay, you know, all the stuff we've been talking about today, which I thoroughly enjoyed and, and not feel something and not feel something, you know, for, you know, them players, the fans. And yeah, it's, it's one of them crazy ones, but um I learned something that day, that's for sure. And that is that to talk here on a good side. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who's responsible for that. I'm not, I'm not stealing Martin's thunder because he added some, some great players, Martin did. But but yeah, they're good side. I didn't realise how good Lee Mansell was, actually. I tell him that. <laughs> We're speaking to him tomorrow, actually. So. He, he, put, he, put him, he put him back in central midfield, didn't he? Because you, you could quite like him as a right back. 
Never, never heard the end of it. Never heard the end, end of it with Manson midfield. But I did try and sign him at Luton, but he, he, but he, he didn't want to come. So there you go. That's a new one for you. I tried to I tried to get him, but he didn't. He didn't want to come. And then he went to Bristol Rovers after you'd left. He did, and he certainly wouldn't have been taking a penalty in, in our team. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 we, we, we won't, we won't touch on it too much more, Paul. Um, but. Yeah, Give him some stick. I mean, come on. Yeah, no, he'll get some, he'll get some stick. Although I think uh, Drew, if might be in in Lee Mansell's personal fan club. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I just wondered, from the perspective of a manager, obviously you achieved you achieved a lot at Torquay. Were you? Are you? I suppose are you thick-skinned enough that when you got a bit of stick from the Torquay fans at Bristol Rovers, were you were you happy to take that on the chin, or were you a bit like, hang on, I did quite well with you lot. What like what are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I'm able to take the stick. Definitely, I'm a definitely. I'm not a lot of things, but I'm resilient. I can take some stick. I can give it out as well. Sometimes can't take it back off me, but I can give it. I can give it out. But now I can take the stick. I understand it. I mean, what a great day for your beating! <laughs> Fantastic, <laughs> great day. Yeah. Um, I'll, uh, I'll send you the link for that one as well, Paul. Later, all right? <laughs> Listen, you can, you can, you can hammer me and hammer me and hammer me. You know, it's no problem. I can always, I can always cheer myself up and look at that picture behind me, can't I, guys? You know, Wembley. Damien, Davy, Kenny, and Sean. Yeah. That was a good day out, though. I, I rewatched. I've got the. Um... I've got, we recorded it from Satanta actually on, on the old box and I've got a couple of DVDs of it somewhere. So every couple of years, just, just watch it, watch the, watch the game back through and never gets old. I was just, I, I work with, sorry, sorry go, go, on. Ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, was, I work with um, Wayne Carlisle's wife and uh, the other day she, she was moaning about something that he hadn't done uh, with the boys or something. And I just said, yeah, but he didn't half put in a good cross for Seals, he didn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> he did, but there's an argument he was trying to pick Benyon out. Look, <laughs> if, it, if he's got if he's got a brain on him, there's no way he was aiming yeah, for Benyon. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I was shouting out, not Benyon. No. <laughs> you see Benyon yeah. and you and Benyon thinks he's looking for him as well. Because he looks, <laughs> he looks and he go does he go for an overhead kick or something? Yes. Yeah. And then, it, and then it's just it's that little bit too high, and he he doesn't do it. Could you imagine if if that day had gone any differently? If he'd have gone for the overhead <laughs> kick, it had ended up somewhere in our supporters behind. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Wayne, Wayne. Uh, honestly, we we had a good laugh on a podcast a few months back, but even Carlisle. I mean, yeah, I sent him off so many times in training, and was it Wayne? Just shut up and then get on with it. No, no, it's not right. This is off you go then, Wayne. I remember one Friday. I remember one Friday. I sent him off, and he just went and jogged around the whole of the uh, Newton Abbott Racecourse. I mean, that's a long way around there, about a mile. And I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know that's where he'd gone. And we got a game. We got a game coming up. And Northy's like, "Bucks, do you want me to get Wayne?" Like, where is he? <laughs> right, we just see like his black hair. <laughs> I said, go and get, go and get the idiot now. He's playing. You know, he probably thought he wasn't going to play because we had had a had a fallout, but no, he was going to play him. He 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 was great in the M Wayne, and that that was a brilliant ball. I mean, you you couldn't um, I don't think you could have put a better ball in for a better player to come on to the end of that 
and Seals. What, what, a, what a ball and what a goal. Did you expect him and Silsy to be able to run the length of Wembley to do that, though? No, you can never, you can never, sometimes find it really hard to work out where the goals have come from. You're celebrating. I was just still, still uh, looking at my watch. But to defend, defend like we did. So Seals always did that. And, and it's brilliant for a manager when you've got a player that will come back in, in your own box and be as effective as in their box. And he come back and yeah, they, we counted, didn't we? We counted and uh, ran, showed our fitness levels and showed what we could do and desire to go and get the, go and get the goal that was going to kill them off. And yeah, we, there was a couple of options, I think in the end, but brilliant. Benyon, again, I always laugh because I don't like giving any, any praise. Um, no. I really, I really did love Benyon as a lad and as a player, like all of them, but he did so well in that game and to set that goal up, you know, to do what he did and the timing of the ball to Carlisle to delay and, um, and um, give us the time really to get up the field and, yeah, yeah, great stuff. Never get, never get tired of remembering that. So I think it's still the best day for me as a Torquay fan. Even, even after some of the days we had on Johnson in the Conference South, and even like I say, some of Martin Ling's the days with Martin Ling. I think that that day at Wembley is still, and would always probably be the the standout memory for me as a Torquay fan. So I'd always. Let's hope that gets substituted. Eh? Let's hope that we can get a brilliant year this year. Let's, let's you know, to get right behind Gary and the team because there's no better feeling, lads. You, you, you'd know this. The support and everything is crucial. It's so crucial for the management team and players to feel that. The Torquay have always been great at doing that. You know, getting behind the team. It's so. It's it's such a big help. I don't know if you ever watched Soccer AM. We did it with Jamie Sendles White a little while ago. Um, So if I just give you a couple, a few titles, just the first player from your management at Torquay that comes to mind. Like quick fire kind of. Yeah, was that a question there or are we going to say? No, no, no. So uh, best trainer? Hargreaves. Worst trainer? Benyon. Uh, Ariel as well. <laughs> he's still he's still looking for London. Um, <laughs> uh, biggest joker. Oh, Benyon. Uh, who got the most fines? Um, Sean North. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a great question. Um, I think me. I think I got. <laughs> I, I got I got the fine when I had to go up to to Wembley and uh, yeah sit in front of a panel. Remember, I, and I had to sit had to sit up in the stands. I think we won all three games while I was sitting up in the stands, and the lad the lads were like, "You'd be better off up there, Gaffer." <laughs> Do you remember? I got I got done at Northampton away. Remember when the coach broke down? That was it. Coach broke down on a Tuesday night game, and which I'd wanted to go the night before, but we wanted to save a few quid. So we went on the day, coach broke down. Next minute, we're pulling all the skips and all the stuff up the hard shoulder. Coach picks us up, 30 minutes late for the game. Go 2-0 two, two up, I think, and um, end up drawing in the 97th minute. So then I ended up in the referee's room. <laughs> no, I actually stormed on the pitch first, so did it right. Got on the pitch after him. <laughs> you know, sensible that poor, why didn't all the cameras? <laughs> um, 
told him what I thought, then went into his office and told him what I thought, and then got a big fine through from the FA. Thousand. Grand. I got grand. I got fined a grand. Wow. There you go. Me. Was, was that the one where somebody drove up to Northampton with the team sheet to hand it in? Absolutely. That rings a bell. Yeah, we were so late. We, 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 the lads were getting changed on the bus. It was like being like 12 again. Trying to get, trying to watch Scott Bevan get his stuff on on a bus was funny. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like his legs, legs were down in the front seat. His head was at the, yeah. But we come, um, that was unbelievable, right? All of that, no preparation, no nothing, and we go, we, we go two nil up. But yeah, I think um, was um, I can't remember who was, who was who was their coach that night for Northampton. I was going to say it was was Garen, but maybe wasn't, it won. Wasn't Paul Trollope at the time, was it? No, it might have been. Um, was it was it was Gary Johnson manager in Northampton, or was it? Um, I don't know. Wasn't AD Boothroyd at that time? Was it Boothroyd? Maybe yeah. They would have heard me. Absolutely fuming. <laughs> I didn't know whether to be more fuming with Robbo Robertson because he gave, I think he gave the fail away or he did something. He was there backing in and, and, and I was absolutely fuming. I had no emotional control that night at all. But <laughs> thousand, I tell you, when about a week later you get a, you get a find of a grand, it's like, oh, no, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... And then the last one I've got, a best player you managed at Torquay. I thought it was just going to end up on a, on a good note. I'm trying to keep everyone happy, you know, but I upset everyone, all the players. Um, Why you Christie? No, I won't shirk. I won't shirk it. The <laughs> best player is really difficult when you talk about best players. So it's got to be, it's got to be okay. <clears throat> for, for a number of reasons. How I got him, I mean, he was playing Gaelic football, I think, in Ireland when I got him. It, it, John Yems, and I'm always one for saying when, you know, I'm not stealing one's fun, but Johnny Yems ringing me up. Paul, you've got to look at O'Kane. I was like, John, John, Exeter have had him. He's, you know, no, no you've got to see him. And I, I've told the story a million times. He turned up. I just could not see it working. He looked about 13, turns up. He must have weighed about nine stone, thinking this is never going to work. In the middle, where did you play? I was thinking, don't say midfield. No, middle of midfield. Oh, brilliant. Uh, this is going to work, isn't it? And so, yeah, okay, whatever. And then it snows, and then we're on some pitch, um, some school pitch. And I'm like, well, I'll, it's just, Sean, just put, put you in the middle. And we'll, um, you know, it's not going to work. And then, oh, my gosh, it's like, it's like a wizard. It's like a 10 minutes was like, He's good. And when, when you have a trialist come in, the lads try and up their game because they don't want him to actually succeed. So they try to do everything to stop him. And um, no, there's no stopping him. I got straight in the car. So I've told this story before, so apologies anyone who's heard it. I just was on the phone to Alex, like, you know, we've got to sign this player. And I remember, I think there was a, Ian, throw Ian under the bus, but moaning about the money. It was like, like 250 quid. And uh, I'm all sure we can do that. I said, no, no, listen, please. He's a hell of a player. We've got to take him. So, yeah, okay. And then he just got better and better and better. And the thing with Union is he'd come in and he didn't get in the team straight away. You know, he was working in the afternoons. We, we were working and we were working all the younger players uh, to get them ready. And what a, what a player to watch. You know, what... You, you guys know you've seen him enough. I think I, think I remember when, when, he, when he first came into the side, I think... 
I, re- I remember an, an away game at Darlington where I think you sort of put him either wide right or wide left or something like that just to yeah. to, br- to bring him into the side because obviously you knew what yeah. he could do. But even even as a supporter to see this this kid, I, I think he was must have been about twenty one at the time. But like you say, he looked like he was still. He should have been asking his mum's permission to play, um, because he wasn't. He was. He was so. He was so tiny, and to to have seen what he's gone on to do is is just incredible. It's such such a shame, obviously, with his with his leg break that it's not kind of it didn't work out for him. And um, and I don't think Bielsa particularly liked him uh, right. at Leeds. He didn't. He didn't really get much of a much of a chance there. But he was just. Fantastic to watch. Honest, honestly, he, I, I totally concur. And watching him every day in training, and watching what he could do with a ball, and playing the way we played, and playing everything through him, you know. And, and I can say it now because with with Damon Young, Damon Lafroy, you know, they're both very good footballers and very good on the ball. But Yunan, Yunan could score goals, create goals, and he could stop goals because he worked really hard as well. He, he put his foot in, but he could spray the ball with either foot. You know, I mean, you look at his legs and that, and there's nothing of him, and he can ping these balls. And, and his first game, actually, when I did put him on it, I think it might have been done at them, and, and he hit this like, he hit a 60-yard ball to Carl up. I mean, I don't think Wayne's ever received a ball. I didn't even think he could find I couldn't even see Wayne, let alone find him. And O'Kane's just hit this ball, and I'm, I'm like, oh, my God, we've got a player here now. You know, we've got someone special, and he was. For, for who we were and, and the division we were playing in. And you could just give him the ball anywhere. And it didn't matter where the pressure was coming from. He was able to escape the pressure. And, um, yeah, great, great player. Really how, great Great lad. How did you go about managing someone like that? I mean, again, we've said it already, but with respect to our own club, he was clearly a bit too good for us uh, <laughs> for a spell. How did you go about kind of managing like that was it was it a case that you like do you, did you give him much instruction or was it just you know go and play your game union it's it's up to you yeah no union um, the, the players are always better qualified than me sometimes i forget what i said to him but no i mean that when when he was playing in the team give him the ball give him the ball you know it was don't be afraid to give him the ball just we're playing through the midfield if they came tight on us in midfield we would we would miss that line out and go to the front with quality and Unum was able to spin and come from the front. He was clever. His timing was good. But um, no, I, I gave very little instruction. It, we trained, I, I believe the strength is the training, how we trained. And well, I remember working, I remember giving him a, a role actually. I mean, he didn't hit the ball as true as Unum can hit a ball, but he still scored in the goal we got, the second goal we got, we got against um, Shrewsbury in the playoffs at home, where we, we knew Nicky. Uh, we'd worked on it. We'd spotted that Nicky would maybe overcover a bit. Nicky Rowe would overcover, which would leave space on the edge. And we worked that ball well to Union, and he finished it. But yeah, he, 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 you didn't players like that. You know when you've got players, and I think when you are playing like, say, like Leroy played, and if you look back at the players that Leroy had, I mean, and 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 you know, all comfortable on the ball. If you've got them players, you, you you've, you've got to give them the football. You just got to give them the ball. That's that's their game. So that's what we did, and um, and that was so enjoyable to watch. Uh, all, all, all of the the teams were different, but yeah, you you got to build it around strengths, and we had a strength in our game. 
I All think right. that's probably, yeah, we're just conscious that you got your, uh, your okay. tennis. Um, <laughs> Go and get your tennis on. <laughs> yeah. Paul, th- thanks for coming on. Um, really appreciate your time. And I must admit, I, I, I don't know if you need to hear this, but I think you are remembered fondly by most fans, despite despite the exit. I think genuinely, you know, everyone looks back on that as one of the, one of, if not the best eras at, at, at Torquay. So, yeah, thanks, today and thank, thanks for thanks for everything. Thanks, yeah, it was a privilege to be given the opportunity at Torquay, that's for sure. And um, um, I enjoyed every minute. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, people can remember that time fondly, because I certainly do. So cheers, chaps. Good luck with whatever you do in the future, whether it's coming back to football, coming back to Torquay, or turning up at a cold, wet night in Stoke. <laughs> thanks Jeff stay in touch eh? good luck for the rest thanks of the Paul season. and uh, and happy birthday for Thursday thank you uh, uh, genuinely thanks for your time Paul yeah really appreciate it my pleasure my pleasure thank you cheers Merry Christmas bye lads bye. <laughs> cheers bye